just <laughs> just cough off to the side a little bit okay. or something. Uh, I didn't really figure out how I'm going to intro this, so I'm just going to go for it. Yeah. All right, this is the second. I guess episode of the Chuma Talks podcast. Chuma Chuma. <laughs> so today I am sitting here in Denver, Colorado, mm-hmm. sitting with a good friend of mine, Josh Abraham, and Hello. his girlfriend, Kyleen. Don't know your last name. Don't say my last name. No, what is your last name? I, I don't know. Your <laughs> Albright. <laughs> Albright? Albright. Kyleen Albright and Joshua Abraham, everybody. So, Hello. Hello. Welcome to, to be the, here. Welcome to the Chuma Talks podcast. So. Hopefully this is the second episode. Maybe yeah. it's the first. Maybe it's the tenth. We don't know. I don't even know if this podcast will get released. It might be a private audience only. So that's yes. just fine. Um, so if you guys want to intro to mm-hmm. the listeners, who you guys are, what are you guys doing? Um, yeah, ladies first. No, hey. <laughs> <laughs> quick shutdown. Um, yeah, I'm Josh Abraham. I just moved to Colorado. Um, I was originally in Southern California. That's where I grew up for most of my life. I moved out here because, uh, well, two things. One was I am a graduate student at the Gustin Institute School of Theology. So I'm doing my master's in theology. And I was doing it in California for like the last year and a half. And then at some point I said, screw it. No more online lectures. Um, <laughs> I figured that's how most people feel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Online lectures are tough. I mean, like, you know, at the same time, I'm like, I had to be in California and I had to be part-time. But like, so I was doing part-time studies, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Were you part- doing anything else with that? Yeah, good question. I was doing part-time uh, master's studies. I was doing part-time Ciro Creatives, which is like, I mean, do it, should I explain Ciro Creatives? Yeah, yeah go like, for it, go for it. Uh, plug. Plug, yeah, quick <laughs> plug. No problem. Ciro Creatives is... An initiative that my sister started and I got involved with and a bunch of our friends started working together just to, man, just to express the beauty of the Cyril Mullaber Church. Mm. Um, I think it's something that the Cyril Mullaber Church has been in need of for some time. Uh, just to, I don't know, to re-articulate herself, herself being the Cyril Mullaber Church, mm-hmm. um, to talk about you know, the faith in light of what it means to be a Sir Malabar Catholic. Mm. Uh, yeah, let's talk about what it means to be a Catholic in general. Just to like, you know, our, our target audience is the Sir Malabar Church. Mm. Um, so you can follow us on Instagram uh, and YouTube at Zero Creatives. And, and then, you guys have your own podcast as true. well. That's Part true. of Zero Creatives, I guess. Yeah. So, so go ahead and plug that too. <laughs> for sure, for sure. So that was another initiative that came out where we realized there's just there's just a lot of conversations that we need to have as Cyril Malabar Catholics. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, me, Abhi Ibrahim, Suraj, Sajo, Sean Chaco, Father Raji Philip, we basically started a podcast called Nizrani's in the City. Hey, hey. Um, and I mean, yeah, so this isn't my first rodeo do a, doing a podcast. <laughs> it's, uh, it's fun. But out of the three of us, Josh was like, I'm so nervous. I, I <laughs> It's it's funny, man. Like I always get super super nervous. Like I had to before the first podcast we did for Nizrani's in the city, I had to take twelve poops nice. before that. 
Don't want to um, share that with the world. I, I'm. Hey. I have no shame. No shame. No shame. <laughs> no shame. If what Colleen's thinking in her head is like, that's embarrassing. <laughs> she always says that. That's embarrassing. Uh, exactly. It sounded but, like that was easy. The button. Yeah. Back, back the that's what I say just to Josh instead. <laughs> there you go. Uh, but today I only had to poop once before, so I think that's a sign of progress. That's a win. Yeah, yeah. That's a, we're making progress. Hopefully, the next podcast, like no poops. No poops. Yeah. Maybe just a pee. We'll see. Yeah. Maybe just a. Art? I don't know. Yeah, um, figure it out. Maybe during the podcast, you said, "Let one rip," you know. Well, let one rip and blame it on Kylie. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so so we. I, I'm doing a podcast. I'm doing zero creatives. I was studying. I was also working. I had like really odd jobs. 2021. I worked at Sprouts. Okay. Um, I worked at Chick Fil A, and then I worked as a soccer coach for. What? three to five year olds yeah and that was a blast out of all those jobs i liked being the soccer coach the most what'd you even do you just kind of watch them is it more chaperoning than actual coaching or uh i mean when you're when you're three years old you're really just trying to work on your motor skills so <laughs> honestly i was babysitting for like a couple hours at a time um and but i was having a lot of fun with it too um nice. yeah just i don't know little kids really bring something out of me like like their innocence mm. allows me to be innocent and just be really i don't know transparent and be joyful and be excited and stuff yeah because i know they're not judging me right yeah yeah uh so i really i really enjoyed that Amen. um but yeah so so when you're doing part-time everything mm -hmm. it either feels like you're doing just a lot or you're doing nothing for me, it felt like I was doing nothing. Like my life just did not have like a, I was getting to a point in my life where I just didn't really have like a particular trajectory. And I just wanted to like go all in. Mm -hmm. um, so at some point, early 2021, I got this idea where like, man, like maybe I should just go full-time theology, you know? Like, cause I, I think that is kind of like where the Lord is leading me in life, you know, just to really, um, that he's preparing me to serve his church, uh, in a lot of ways, for sure. That's how I, I, feel my, I feel myself being shaped in that way, being prepared for that. Mm. Um, at the same time, uh, Kylene and I, we started dating November 2020. Um, and we were doing just long distance. You moved here to Colorado in August 2020. Mm -hmm. um, and I was still in California. So, yeah, we ended up, we were long distance for like a year, a little bit more than a year. Um, but happy to report it's going well. Uh, and at some point we realized, Hey, maybe we should actually, Hey, yeah. your school's in the same city I live in. So <laughs> two it, birds. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> two birds is one stone. And that, that's super providential, by the way, the fact that that worked out. Yeah. Um, although full disclosure, I think I applied to the Yeston Institute knowing that Kylie was in Denver, <laughs> also knowing that the Yeston Institute was in Denver. So yeah, but that's, that's another story. Hey, God, for another hey, time. If, if God didn't want you to be here. You wouldn't be here, right? So. That's facts. So, yeah. I killed two birds with one stone. I get to hang out with Kai, like, multiple times a week now. I get to read a lot more. It's a good life, man. Like, mm -hmm. one of the, actually one of the best moments about, um, one of the most profound moments about being here and just, mm -hmm. like, realizing, of like, how great it is to be closer to Kylene um, was uh, I had this, so I, I, <laughs> So I have to get a part-time job out here, right? <laughs> and I, I did just um, get a job offer to work at the Augustine Institute as a student worker. Mm -hmm. But before that, I applied to work at a preschool. 
uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I guess I didn't tell you this. Yeah, yeah, you didn't tell me this. I I wanted to work at a preschool just because like the soccer job was so fun. Like yeah, I, yeah. I, I really don't mind being around three to five year olds. Um, <laughs> so the preschool is like half an hour away from here, so quite a commute. Mm-hmm. But I went for this interview. It, Kick butt in the interview. It was great. Um, I wasn't expecting to kick butt, but I did. Uh, and it was good. And I'm coming on, I'm driving back home. And I know Kylene's house is on the way back. So I called Kylene and I was like, hey, do you want to get lunch together? And she was like, yeah, I'm in line for Chick-fil-A. What do you want? And it was like, it's such a simple thing. <laughs> yeah. But we could, we've never been able to do that before. Um, and I even, I only spent like an hour at your house. Uh because you had you had night shifts and stuff, but I always remember that moment. It was cool to go from seeing each other every two months to, hey, I'm going your way. Can I just stop by? Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Do you guys get sick of each other now or no. not yet? Not, not yet. yet. I mean, kind of gets pretty. <laughs> I'm a pretty annoying dude for sure. <laughs> I like my alone time sometimes. You know, that's, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. But that's that's me. I'm okay. I'm here in Denver now. It's been really graced for sure. Mm. I'm gonna toss it to Kylie. Kylie, why are you in Denver? My mind ever. Yeah. I am Kylene. Um, <laughs> I, so I'll give my story, I guess, a little. Yeah. Um, I'm from suburbs of Chicago, went to Loyola University, Chicago, stutter, stuttered, s- studied. Stuttering, I, yeah. That too. Um, <laughs> I studied nursing, graduated in 2020. Um, and then I kind of just knew I wanted to live somewhere new after graduating. I had always been in Illinois. Um, I really enjoy the outdoors. And spending time outside. And I also just felt this need to like pick up and like just move somewhere new and challenge myself mm-hmm. and like go somewhere out of my comfort zone. Um, and for whatever reason, all of my senior year of college, I really felt like Denver was calling to me. I knew that there was Catholic community here. There's mountains here. Nursing is everywhere. Um, so I applied for one job in at the University of Colorado Hospital in April, and then I got it over the summer. Um, so I work there at the University of Colorado on a bone marrow transplant floor. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that is what I do. Um, Was a uh, part of the reason coming? You did mention it, but part of the reason coming to Denver because of the Catholic community. Part of it, yeah. It was kind of twofold. It was. Catholic community and the outdoors. That was really what it was about. The so, Catholic community is booming mm-hmm. out here. A lot, a lot of people. I mean, why do you think that is? I think focus is, I guess, I guess is. I mean, it actually starts with St. John Paul II. Yeah, it's definitely um, World Youth Day. Oh, yeah, that's so right. I New forgot what year that was. Late um, 90s, I think, or early yeah, 90s. It was in Den- World Youth yeah. Day was in Denver. Let's see. Um, and he even said, he said this is where the new evangelization in America will begin. Yeah. In Denver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so yeah. 93, 93, yeah. 93, okay. Wow. So there's, I think he was kind of like somewhat prophesying, you know, that Denver is going to be like a Catholic hub and a lot of good, fruitful work is going to come out of here. And a lot of good, fruitful work is coming out of here. The Augustine Institute credits um, the words of St. John Paul II, wow. uh, you know, to their mission. Focus is here. Real life Catholic is here. Just a bunch of like small little Catholic things going on here. Um, but they're having like a nationwide impact. That's crazy. That's crazy to think about, like how, like in '93, Saint JP two came here and he's like, "Yep, this is the what you say, center of the new evangelization, right?" Something like, like that. Yeah. 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 And then, like, what is this? Almost twenty. Am I do my math right? No, thirty years later. Almost thirty years later. Yeah. Yeah. It's like this booming place for like young adult Catholics mm-hmm. and like 
yeah, it's like I was telling Josh before. It's like it seems like a little bubble. Like it's just like so nice yeah. to yeah, like yeah. be here and then just. Uh, I went and accompanied Josh at the August Augustine Institute yesterday, and even just being at the coffee shop, I was like, man, I just feel so like grace filled and mm. like yeah, yeah. There's yeah. like a, there's something in the air. Yeah, right? there really is. And For sure. There's still people coming in. There's still like construction happening and through all that it's like wow like there's two basements and the second basement has the chapel mm -hmm. and i was like wow that's like the foundation of what oh, <laughs> oh that's a good way to put it man. What, Literally I, guess it is, I know i thought about I, that just came now actually wow look at that um, spirits moving yeah honestly uh but yeah i was like wow at the core of what it is at the foundation it starts with christ himself yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And like daily mass every day at noon it was like amazing i was like wow mm -hmm. the opportunity like there just to be there and it's not even like a big college campus or anything it's literally just an office building right and yeah yeah that's kind of that's kind of the augustine institute but it just feels just being here just feels so different and encouraging and mm. can't think of any more words but it's just i highly recommend to visit and it's a, uh, it's a good place to be now don't get me wrong denver has its struggles it's <laughs> yeah. got Mm -hmm. I want to say something about that. Yeah. Yeah. No, um, yeah, I do. I, like I said, like I moved here for a Catholic community cause I knew it existed. And, mm -hmm. um, it, like you said, like you can feel it in the air, but I think something, a big lesson I've learned since coming here is that there's Catholic community everywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah. there's Catholics everywhere where the universal church and like, you don't necessarily have to be in the hub of mm -hmm. like Catholic young adult life to mm -hmm. like live that fully. Um, yeah. I think that there's like a misconception both and I, like a temptation for people to feel like they can't live that fully if they're not in a place like Denver, sure, yeah. but also moving here with rose colored glasses and then realizing it's just like any other city, mm -hmm. you know, Yeah, and you can have just as fruitful of a Catholic faith life and community elsewhere too. No, uh, and that's, that, that's a, that's, that's a, a balance, really, yeah. really good point. Um, and it's also like kind of a weird thing to talk and think about. Cause like we, Obviously, we want to move to places that have Catholic community, right? Mm -hmm. But we can't talk about Catholicism the same way we talk about, like, like as if it's just, like, one thing among many. I don't know if I'm articulating this right. Like... <sighs> like, like, if I... If like, let's, let's, take a, let's talk about, like, our parents um, who immigrated to the States, right? Mm -hmm. They're going to move to a place where there's... Indian people, yeah, right? Yeah, like sure. most Indian people who are moving to the States want to go where all the Indian people are. Um, but that's not how it works for Catholics. We mm -hmm. can't just move to a place just because there's a bunch of Catholic people. We're, we're like, and we were talking about this earlier, mm -hmm. like we're talking, like by being Catholic, we're primarily called to discern where to go because yeah. we're mission oriented, right? Yeah. So Denver... I don't know. I've had like, we've had conversations about it, and I've had conversations like Kylie and I. Like I've talked about it with a number of people. Like Denver kind of falls into this criticism because it it sometimes it feels like all these Catholics are here just to hang around with each other, mm -hmm. um, and then not and like so. Like you you call it a bubble yeah. that that feels great, but there's also like an obvious downside to that, um, which is why like I don't know all this all this to say like we need to like discern where to go Absolutely. like god has to like show us where to go and it, it's like that image we were talking about earlier and i think i mentioned it yesterday too is like this image of the the cup that's being filled right mm. and then the cup is being filled 
and it's like overflowing, right? And my interpretation of it, like there's there's many, but the one the way I look at it is your cup is overflowing so much that it's not being shared to anyone else. It's just kind of like falling onto the table or like mm. wherever that cup is sitting, it's falling onto the table or falling onto the floor. And you're just kind of in this mode of like receive, receive, receive. And it's yeah. like like as as Catholics, as Christians, we're called to evangelize and like share what we've received, right? And like there's a friend of ours, like Brian, uh, in Florida, and he he was sharing, you know, the greatest poverty in this world right now is not knowing Jesus Christ. Mm. And I was like, man, like we think about like the injustice in this world, the the poorest of the poor, the countries, the poor here, the homeless here, but really the the greatest poverty is not knowing Jesus Christ. And I feel like I don't want to call. I'm not calling out people necessarily, but it's like it's it's part of our like kind of. It, it, it can come from a selfish desire of not wanting to share the faith with people, but mm-hmm. maybe like there's also this block of like, we're not, we feel like we're not ready to give. Right. But like we've received so much and like, even, even like, I mean, I know I've felt, I've fallen into this of like, I've just wanted to receive from the Lord and receive from different retreats and conferences that I'm like, yeah, I just like, I'm in this mode of receive and when I'm ready, I'll share. But it's like, like how many times has the Lord like called me out out of my comfort zone to like go and just like even this road trip is kind of a even testament. Even here to, in Denver, yeah. <laughs> in this short time you've been here, Joe, the Lord has called you out. Yeah, I think Josh is wanting me to share something that happened yesterday. You can share that any, at any point. But, <laughs> well, yeah. I'll share it. I'll share it. Um, so yesterday, I was sitting in the cafe and just just working and went to noon mass. Mm-hmm. Talked to Josh and Josh. Like at the end, Josh was like, "Hey, there's a praise and worship around one thirty you should go check it out. And I was like, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. And then I went back upstairs to the cafe, kept working. And around like 120-ish, I was like, you know, like, nah, I don't feel like really going. And then 125, and I was like, Ugh. and then like, I was just like, you know what? Let me just check it out. Like, let's see what's happening. So I go downstairs to the chapel and there's like three people, three, four people, and and then me. And then uh, the priest, his name is Father James, right? Father, yeah. Father James is there. And then the worship leader standing in the back. And um, <laughs> I was like, okay, cool. And then like they handed out a song sheet and I was like, oh, it's one of those praise and worships, right? I was just like already judging it. And like without even just, I was like, oh man, like we're just going to sing these songs and it's going to be done. Like that's it. And then, but it was weird because we sang the first song, which was like, it was God of Wonders. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. It's a, Kylie, what do you say? It's like a, it's a that song slaps. It slaps. <laughs> Song's gas, gas, bro. Yeah, I still don't get. <laughs> Stop. 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 That's embarrassing. <laughs> I'm young. I'm hip. Come on. You can keep trying, Josh. Trying hard. Yeah. <laughs> just the joke. But the roast test of Josh. Come on. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. But anyway, so they're singing "God of Wonders." I'm like, okay, cool. It's like during "God of Wonders," and like towards the end, it was like I was just feeling this heaviness, right? And like. I felt this before, like I, I know it's it's a form of the gift of intercession of like where you start feeling like the physical ailments and pains of people around you. And it's like a very, like if you're not used to it, like that concept of like, even when I, like someone first told me about it, I was like, oh, that's, what if it's just like coincidental, you know, all this stuff. But uh, really understanding a little bit better and like experiencing a couple of times, I was like, okay, it's that. So then I felt this really big like heaviness and weight and I just felt like really burdened to the point where I was like getting hot and I was like sweating and I was like, what's going on? And then I was like praying. I was like, you know, as they're singing, I was like, Lord, like, what is this? You know, I'm confused. And then like 
Florida's like, yeah, you're. This is the. This is what the people in the room are feeling. It was very clear, and I was like, oh wow. And like by that time, like more people had filtered in. There's probably like fifteen, twenty people at this point. I'm like, wow, this feels so heavy. Like this is like, I don't even know if I can do this. So I was just like, Lord, like, just take take their weight, like take their burdens, take their pain, and then like, we finish God of Wonders, and then we go right into uh, goodness of God. And like my reflection in the last two, three days has been like, like how great the Lord is and how good the Lord has been. And, um, just kind of singing in the song kind of like hits home or hits differently for me because like one of my friends, he passed away. It was one of his favorite songs. So I kind of just think of him and like, even the words are just so powerful and like really like, yeah, it just, it, it's, yeah, it just, it really just touches me in a different way. So like I start tearing up listening to this and I'm singing it. And then at the end of the song, like Father James in the back just goes, you know, he's like, I don't know if this is the end of the, because at the end of the semester or end of the, where we're at or the coming back. And, but he's like, there's this heaviness in the room right now. And there's this big burden. And I kind of just like opened my eyes. I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, there, no, there's no way. There's no way. And then he keeps going. He's like, you know, like, like, yeah, Jesus just really wants to take all of your guys' burdens away. So just cast it onto Jesus, just give it to him. And I'm like, whoa, like, God, this is what you were like, kind of like telling me like a couple minutes ago, like, this is wild. And then we go into, I think there's another song. I can't remember the name, like Empty Me or something. I don't, I don't know the song. So I was just kind of listening to it. And like during that song, um, I saw the Lord come down like the middle of the chapel and go to each pew and just grab things and grab like backpacks off people and like the weight and like even my own burdens and everything that I was carrying, the Lord like came over and just took it. And I was like, Oh my goodness. Like this like image and this, this vision is so like clear. And I just like, I was like, Oh my gosh, this is super powerful. Like, and I'm just experiencing this. And like, I was like, yeah, like empty me Lord, like just empty everything that I am. And like, and then, <laughs> and then I was like, man, I feel like I need to share this. And then the song finishes and Father James literally goes, um, he's like, there's, you know, if you're, if the Lord is giving you a word or giving you something to share, you should share it right now. And exposed. I was like, and I was like, called out, exposed, like, oh no. And I'm still doubting. I was like, no, like I'm scared, Lord. Like, I don't know if I'm supposed to share this. And then um, he was like, he was like, it's like a, it's helpful for the community, right? We are a community of believers and anything that you say can only help your brother or your sister out. Mm. And I'm like, dang, like, I don't know. Like, I don't know if I should share this, you know, like feeling the burdens and like, and then like another woman started sharing and she was just sharing how like beautiful the praise and worship has been the last couple of weeks. It's every Wednesday in the afternoon, right? So she's like, just been coming and it's just been really beautiful. And then um, during, while she was sharing, I kind of like got this, I don't know how to describe it. There was like a very clear message of like someone in the room feeling this really great, like carrying this really big wound and this burden. And it was just on this person. And then the verse that came to me is Jeremiah 29, 11. It's like, for I know the plans I have for you, plans for your prosperity and not for your destruction. And I was like, what? Okay. And I just felt the weight of this person and that this person wasn't like giving it up and just felt really weighed down by this. And I was like, okay. So then the that woman's finished sharing and I was like, all right, Lord, I've been trying to take this like new boldness of faith. Mm. 
And, uh, and I was like, fine, I'm just going to share it. And like, Lord, it's in your hands now. And I just shared. I was like, hey, like the Lord is just speaking Jeremiah 29, 11 to somebody here right now. And this person is just holding this deep, deep wound and this burden inside their heart. And he's just asking to put it in his heart. Just he's He wants to take it away from you right now. And then all of a sudden, this this woman in the back of the chapel just bursts out crying. And I was like, oh, my goodness. And then we just start, I was just like giving thanks. I was like, Lord, thank you. And then they started singing, like, how great is our God? And I'm just like thanking and praising. And I was like, Lord, I'm so sorry. Like I was in my own selfish human thinking and desire. Like I was like, I'm not going to share. But I could have prevented that that lady from experiencing healing and whatever the Lord was trying to speak to her during that time. And I was like, this is wild. Like, I don't know. Like, I'm still in shock right now sharing. Like, I'm literally getting goosebumps. I'm like, uh, like, you know, and I was like just praying for her. And then like the praise and worship finished. That's literally how it finished. And like, uh, <laughs> and I just like walked out and like, I was like, should I go talk to her? Should I not? I don't know. Like, man, I just like, the Lord just wants to tell her that he loves her. And I was like, man, like, no, nah, I can't. No, I can't. So I'm like, like running back and forth down the hallway, like, uh, should I, should I not? And I was like, it's okay. I was like, if, if the opportunity presents itself, the Lord will allow it. Mm. And then in the meanwhile, Josh, you were at a meeting, right? And then, so yeah. Father James runs out of the praise and worship and he has to go to this other meeting. Yeah, that I was present at. And he walks up to Josh at the end of the meeting. And- oh, I, I, I went to him <laughs> just because I don't oh, know yeah. Father James super well. So I decided to reintroduce myself. Um, and I was like, hey, Josh, I'm, I'm not, hey, Josh, hey, Father James, I'm Josh. Uh, and then we talked for a little bit. And then he was, at some point, he was like, hey, was that guy next to you uh, at Mass, your friend? Uh, and he was referring to Joe. Um, we were only two Indian dudes in the, <laughs> in the chapel. Um, but I was like, yeah, yeah, he's a good man. And um, what did he say? He said, yeah, yeah, he uh, he had a powerful word today at at um at praise and worship he literally made a girl cry and i was like what <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah oh my goodness so i it, it was just like a randomly beautiful experience and i'm still like kind of getting used to like how the lord is like just speaking to me in different ways and just trying to be open right the word for my word. trip has been like just be open and yeah but i think to like kind of bring it back all the way around yeah the theme here is like in in also in conversation with like what we're talking about, like in Denver, right? Mm-hmm. Like boldness of faith mm. um, and having the willingness to go where God wants you to go. Mm. In this particular situation, having the willingness to do and speak what mm. God wants you to do and speak. Um, and I actually want to turn this around to Kylene uh, in terms of kind of like what your life's looked like in the, in the last, what, year and a half, two years? Because like I came to Denver knowing that you were here and a lot of people in denver they come here because they know people here there's a bunch of bunch of people like from you know benedictine college like mm-hmm. there's already been bc people here so they're going to come here a bunch of people from steubenville that are already here so they're going to come here um i came here because you're here even the fact that joe's you're here because i'm here yeah yeah but kylene if i remember correctly you came here not knowing anybody um and you still felt like you even said it yourself like you felt like a call to denver so like what was that so you 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 are experiencing, uh, or you were sh- exhibiting a boldness of faith, if I might say. Um, what was that experience like? Yeah, um, yeah, I did not know anyone when I came here. I'd never even been here, so that was kind of a big step out um, into the unknown. I 
don't know. <laughs> That's okay. This wasn't the plan to talk about. <laughs> um, yeah, I kind of threw it on you. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Um, you did come here for the mountains. Tell us yeah. more about that. Well, pick a topic. Okay. Um, so, well, yeah, so I came here alone. Um, and I think just most of that call felt like it had come for much of my time, like leading up to moving here, like throughout my senior year of college. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I think I had just like known that there were Catholic people here. Um, and after being at a school that was really like wanting in its um, Catholic community, I think that was where that desire came from of like mm. not having to create your Catholic community. Mm. Yeah. But having was, it already being established. And exactly. Yeah. In. Like, yeah. You, you know, so yeah, I knew that there was stuff here. Um, and then that combined with the mountains, yeah. <laughs> I mean that that was a that was two very like you knew there was a community here, right? Mm-hmm. And and you you love the mountains, you love the outdoors. You were sharing, and there was something you shared yesterday, and you were like, you find beauty, right? Or you you experience God and His beauty through nature, right? Mm-hmm. So like, what are there any specific like? moments that you really experienced God's beauty through nature or like any specific like defining moment or just generally. And if you want to share some of those experiences, that'd be great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think not even just through nature, but I, mm-hmm. I think what I have like come to realize is that like the purpose or like the driving force in my life for much of my life, like looking back in hindsight is that I think I'm always seeking out beauty mm-hmm. in like whatever that is. Um, like my day-to-day life, my move here, my job as a nurse, like all of those things are driven by just wanting to find beauty. Um, and beauty being this like raw encounter with God. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's easy when you're in the mountains or when you're just like looking at a tree or things like that. (laughs) I can like, it's easy in those moments, but, um, yeah, it's also like work as a nurse. Like I, if we're defining beauty as like a raw encounter with God, sure. I just Mm. came up with that. We could just expand on that if we wanted to, but, um, I don't know, like as a nurse, like I specifically take care of people with cancer and I'm experiencing people in like some really deep, profound suffering, um, and extreme vulnerability where this person is literally reliant on you for their just basic needs, their basic like bodily care. Um, things that like we take for granted, they can't do for themselves anymore. Mm -hmm. And this person in their deep sickness and their deep suffering is like choosing to trust me in that. Um, and to like be vulnerable with me. And I, that's just like what an easier way to encounter Christ than like in the sick. Mm -hmm. Um, and I just am often taken aback by the beauty of those moments of when I'm with a patient who is especially sick or suffering, um, it's not beautiful to see someone suffering, but it's beautiful to like be with them in that. Um, yeah. No, yeah. There's, there is something that's properly beautiful about that experience. Like, like the, I mean, I'm just thinking about the cross and Jesus dying on the cross. Like there is, it's super ugly and super gruesome, but there's also something really beautiful about it too. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I like that definition that you use. Like, I've, I don't think I've ever heard that. Like, 
beauty is the raw encounter with God, right? That's what you said? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Put it on a t-shirt. Wow. I know. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. I, cause I become a saint. You can quote me. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first. Saint Kyleen. Yeah. Kyleen of the wilderness. <laughs> <laughs> We're trying to come up with uh, religious names for each other. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. But, <laughs> no, I mean, no, I was just thinking, I was like, a raw encounter with God, because that can literally be in everyday experiences, like mm. you said, with your patients and with nature with mountains with i don't know something crazy like the chapel you know like literally in praise and worship or like i think a lot of times we don't take the time to look for that or listen for that like where god is present or where god is speaking to us so like how does one or how have you guys i guess this is a question for both of you like been more aware like brought more awareness to yourself on experiencing God, like that raw encounter with experiencing God. beauty. Mm. Yeah. Um, I can I have something to say. Please. I am reading a book right now called Altar of the World. Um, I bought it for her. He did. From Goodwill. <laughs> uh, it was a great find. Um, but it's cool. It's interesting. It's not a Catholic author. Um, the whole first chapter, I was like, oh, I don't really agree with anything you just said. However, <laughs> <laughs> we're, we've moved past that, and now I'm actually really learning from it. And this chapter I'm reading right now is all about um, like having a reverence for things, and that's how you – the whole point is that like we can create like an altar in the world, like anywhere, in any moment. Wow. Um, and her, her argument is that it doesn't necessarily have to be like churches and all that stuff, and like we know that there's – something to be said about being in like a physical church. That's kind of mm-hmm. like the disagreement there. However, but her point is that you can, to create an altar in the world, to f- turn any moment, whatever it is into like this altar for sacrifice, for encounter, mm. for just recognition of beauty. Um, it starts with like oh, finding reverence for things and to do that, like as a practice, like practicing reverence all the time. Um, so whether that be like her example is like I'm on a bus and um, just the people around me, I like take a moment to like be reverent towards like the human person sitting mm. across from me or just to be reverent to like the blade of grass that's really beautiful that I'm sitting in in the field or wow. to be reverent to like my coworker. Um, and that's how she like finds beauty and that's how she creates like altars. And I'm like literally in chapter two. So who knows where she's going? Yeah. But that's like an something I've been thinking about the last couple of days of like, how can I be reverent to things in just my Mm. daily life? And I think that that extends into like a very um, like little way aspect, like a faith, like a Therese kind of thing Mm -hmm. of just finding, choosing every moment to like fill it with love and to fill it with beauty and to choose to love even when it's difficult um, or just to like pour love into like every little action that you're doing. Mm even the things that you don't want to do or that are inconvenient. Um, yeah. And I think that's how you find beauty and that's how you find an encounter with God, a raw encounter with God and um, just become more aware of his presence, like in just the everyday. I, I think I can add on to that um, because I think, first of all, I love the word reverence. Kylie knows this. I love that word. Uh, Cause I think it's, it's, it's true. Like beauty demands reverence. Um, and there's like really obvious moments where that plays out where like, like, 
like we're in Denver, right? Like you came here for the mountains and like we, we've gone hiking like twice so far. Um, but there are moments where like we see like the mountains, we see the beauty of everything. And there's moments where Kylene and myself, like we'll just, we'll just stop and we have to like be silent. We were, um, we did the Chicago Lakes Trail and we, uh, we, we walked past that creek of the, and the rushing water. And there was a moment where we just had to like sit still and I mean, literally have reverence for the moment and listen hear, to the sound of the water, listen to the sound of the water. Um, and yeah, so it was like all the, all that is wonderful. Um, but I think the, the, another problem with your point, uh, what, what people don't get that enable, like that prevents them from having reverence is that they're not awake. Uh, they're not awake to the, like I think most of us are just not awake to beauty. Um, mm. In other words, we take everything for granted. Mm. Um, that I think that's like the point I'm trying to make. We take everything for granted, um, and we only really become awake to beauty in like those super obvious moments. But I think what this author is trying to make, uh, the point she's trying to make is that no, like every single moment is charged with. Uh, an opportunity to encounter the beautiful. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking of um, I'm thinking of Gerard Manley Hopkins. He was like a Jesuit poet, mm-hmm. and he says, and this is the title of the poem too: "The world is charged with the grandeur of God." Mm-hmm. Um, imagine if we took that as seriously as he did, right? Or my my spiritual director, my old spiritual director, puts it this way: "The world is permeated with grace. Um, mm-hmm. We just have to be sensitive." sensitive enough to touch it mm. um and that's that's something i've been thinking about in the last couple of weeks how like man like if i just didn't take anything for granted right like if i really recognize like my own smallness like because <laughs> kylie makes fun of me for it but like i've been really trying to like just kill my ego mm. uh just like inflation of self you know um and how you kill your ego is you actually just realize like you know, enter reality and realize like how, like Josh, you're like you're an idiot sometimes. You know, like, and like to accept that, uh, mm. Josh. Like you're really poor. You know, mm. um, there's actually not much you can do, uh, and to to if you really sit with your own poverty, and you realize how poor you are, then you take nothing for granted. Mm. Then you're grateful for everything, and then you're actually able to see everything for what it is. Everything actually does become beautiful, um, even in like the smallest moments. Uh, yeah. But I, I think that that comes from gratitude, like what you're saying of to recognize, to not take, th- take things for granted. I think the root of that is gratitude, is gratitude like in every moment. Mm-hmm. And then from there, I think that's how you end up. Maybe we're like heading down a rabbit hole, but I always think about like, what does it mean to pray unceasingly? Mm-hmm. I've like, I have no idea how to pray unceasingly. I don't have that much to say to pray unceasingly. Like mm-hmm. my life's not that interesting, but I think the only way that you can pray unceasingly is by just being grateful Always. at all times. Like literally if you're like, I'm grateful that my legs work, that I can walk down the mm-hmm. street right now. Yeah. And then all the way to the big things, you know, just those little moments. Yeah. And I think that helps you to not take things for granted. That helps you to see the beauty of the world. Yeah. That yeah, helps yeah. you to reverence things. Awesome. High five. Wow. Boom. Great work. That, that was beautiful. <laughs> so how, quick question, in relation, right, or what, sorry, talking about beauty in general. Yeah. How can one see, or is there a relation between beauty and virtue? 
virtue. Mm. Why do you ask that question? I just, I don't know. It just came up to my <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, okay, I will say this one thing, and maybe mm-hmm. it can lead us to think about things. Um, there's like three transcendentals. Transcendentals meaning like, ah, oh, man, I've let myself into a rabbit hole. <laughs> I've backed myself into a corner. I don't know how to get out. We'll they, try to help you out. Go ahead. They say, you know, like St. Thomas, I'm thinking specifically of this one theologian that I'm interested in, Hans Urs von Balthasar. He says, um, God is true, good, and beautiful. Um, and that we can experience true the truth, the good, and the beautiful, right? Mm-hmm. Now, when you think about modern-day apologetics, right, trying to defend the faith, like, well, like, what would you think of in terms of apologetics? Like, you would think of, like, a, like scripture passages and, like, oh, like, like five yeah, ways to prove. Teach, yeah. yeah, five ways to prove the existence of God, exactly. right? Yeah. A lot of people start with the truth, mm-hmm. right? And then they kind of hope that, you know, you, you are conformed to the good and then maybe you see the beautiful. Balthazar actually says, no, you have to start with the beautiful. Hmm. The beautiful, um, like, like getting somebody into the faith, right? Mm-hmm. Start with the beautiful. Start with how the faith uh, is beautiful. How that uh, the faith is this, like, like beauty is the, we're going to use this definition, the raw encounter of God, right? Mm-hmm. And how that, like, charges you with emotion and I don't know. There's a, there's a lot to be said there, but the interesting point that Balthazar makes is that you start with the beautiful, and then it falls into the good, like hmm. morality, like virtue, is um, a consequence of encountering the beautiful. A very um, uh, casual example of how this plays out: you see a pretty girl. I'm looking at one right now. <laughs> Got him. Uh, you see a pretty girl. And all of a sudden, you feel the need to kind of shape up. You know, you stop slouching. You uh, start combing your hair, tucking your shirt, <laughs> right? Like that, I think that's like the transition from from beauty to virtue. That like, mm-hmm. like you naturally want to, like in encountering the beautiful, you naturally want to conform your life to the good. <laughs> that's my, that's my spiel. Yeah. That was great. I, it just popped into my head. So I was like, oh, great. Just, I, I really didn't have any thoughts about it, I'll yeah. be honest. I mean, the last point I can make is that my spiritual director, because we kind of ended up talking about this. This is another spiritual director. Yeah. Um, he said, mystery precedes morality. So mis- like, he's basically saying beauty comes before the good. Hmm. Like that encountering the mystery um, of God, uh, it's in doing that first that you actually come to like actually shape up your life like you think of like so many like conversion stories like you they were like the most craziest ones are like you were super into drugs you were super into alcohol you were living a terrible life Mm -hmm. and then you had you had this intense christ encounter and then you shaped up afterwards yeah um i think that's the that's the heart of it in in its relationship between beauty and virtue and that's so interesting because in general i think our whether it's our like human nature or if it's like our Christian morals and ideals are we like, we just default to truth. We're like, Oh, we have to speak truth. So like when there's like an argument about abortion or, um, uh, homosexuality or anything like that, it's like, Oh, we want to speak truth. Right. And 
like, okay, like, let's just give them the, the facts and quote scripture and everything, right? And these teachings and these studies and blah, blah, blah. And like, sometimes all it takes is like sharing, like, like you said, I mean, like that, that uh, philosophy, right? Uh, Balthazar. Balthazar. Balthazar said, like, sharing the beauty first, just the beauty of just faith in general, right? Because, like, your experience, like Josh's experience and Kylie's experience of faith is going to be very different and it's going to be very different from mine, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, in sharing that, I think people will find the goodness and through the goodness of what they've received, through the beauty that's been shared, they eventually come to the truth. I mean, that's yeah. what you were saying, but it's like, on a very practical level, it's like just sharing, like, your testimony and it doesn't have to be something as crazy as yeah i was an alcoholic or i was a drug addict and uh, the lord saved me right it's not it doesn't always have to be that profound and mm. you know i was living on the street and the lord just picked me up right it can be like yeah i've i've been i was born catholic all my life went to church and just nothing but one day i just i don't know saw the beauty of the mountains or i saw the beauty in this person or the goodness of this person or I found love through this person and they showed me a different light. And that event, that beauty is what showed the goodness of God, which eventually led me to the truth, mm-hmm. which is faith. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I think too, um, going from there, like how do you encounter beauty, like in nature and mm-hmm. people in the world? I think we as Catholics really want to like, you know, like be in the world, but not of it. Like, Mm. and that's a, that's a good and noble desire, but I think it's easy for that to become a slippery slope into the world is bad. Mm -hmm. And that's not true. Um, like I really think our world is a gift given to us by God Mm. so we can encounter beauty so we can encounter him. Like that's why we have our hopefully long lives on this earth to see and do and experience a lot of people and things, um, and places and, I think that's like an important aspect too of we live in this world and like we should be taking full advantage of using it to encounter Mm. God through beauty. Yeah. And I think it's, I think it's JPT, St. JPT who said like, you have to meet the masses where they're at. Right. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's not like talking at them or shit. It's literally just like, just go down to where they are and just experience like, like going into the world in a sense. Right. Mm -hmm. And just kind of like, Hey, like these are my experiences and just kind of pulling them and just guiding them from where they are to where maybe you are or like to a place that they want to be. Mm. So I, I think that's what he's quote. He's yeah. I think he, yeah, I don't know the exact quote, but he's attributed to have that quote. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the idea is clear. For yeah. Sure. Meet them where they're at. Pope Francis will say like, have the smell of the sheep. Mm. Um, and then Kylie, you touched on like where to encounter beauty right there's different places like but can beauty is not like i think i there's a definition on google it's like which we're not using this definition but it was just interesting it's like a combination of qualities such as shape color form that pleases the aesthetic senses especially the sight but beauty can be experienced in multiple senses right yeah so like where, is there any place or time that you guys have personally experienced besides sight? Because I think sight is easy. It's like you see the mountains, that's they're, they're beautiful. You know, you see a beautiful landscape or a picture and you're like, wow, that's beautiful. Or you see a person, like they're beautiful, right? But like, 
What? <laughs> All right. Yeah, Josh just winked at Kylie. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm super cheesy and kind of such, such a dad. <laughs> but like, where are other places or, or times that you've experienced not just sight alone, but maybe yeah. in a different sense? I mean, the first one that definitely pops up is sound. Um, like our previous anecdote, we heard the rushing waters. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was like, dude, when you go to the mountains here, you can't hear anything. And to only hear the sound of rushing water without like going on YouTube and just typing in rushing water. <laughs> like, it's intense, man. Yeah. It really, really hits you. But also like music. Uh, Joe, you're a, you're a musician. You're a sound engineer guy. You know all about... Like even like um, <laughs> we were in the car and Joe wanted to play the song from For King and Country. Mm-hmm. But before we played the song, he had to make sure my equalizer was set <laughs> so that we could listen to the song in its prime, you know, like magnificence. Yeah. Right? The way it was intended to be. Yeah, the way it was intended <laughs> to be listened. And yeah. you, you had to like configure, you know, the car to for yeah. us to hear to its maximum capability. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's something that... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, music's, especially popular music's really taken a downturn. Like we've just kind of like, I think, forgotten about mm. the beautiful. I don't know. Maybe it's just because we're not awake to it. But that's what I look for in my music, at least. Just mm. like music that really like hits chords that really get your heart wrenched. Mm. I, I showed you that one song, Hammering Heart by... John Mark McMillan. Yeah, that was beautiful. Um, and you listen to it again. Yeah, yeah. Just, uh, I'm, I'm just thinking like, man, a bunch of people from Houston came to California and we were driving to LA and I just threw out this prompt in the car. What's the most beautiful song you've ever heard and why? Mm-hmm. And it quickly became this super deep sharing um, of each person just, you know, like playing a song and then like talking about why the song hits them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and like why it matters to them and it was it was really cool i played hammering heart wow uh, but i think i mean to both your points actually so the first point you were saying like you guys both stopped right to hear the rushing water i, I had a similar experience but not with water like so i was in new mexico mm-hmm. at the white sands and it's funny it, it just snowed and i was so excited to see the white sands <laughs> and i'm pulling up and i'm seeing all the snow and i'm like man this is gonna be kind of lame like i'm not gonna have a good time like whatever right. So I pull up and I get out of the truck and I hear nothing. It is like drop dead silence. Like you cannot hear a thing. Like I saw people in the distance, like up on one of the dunes. And I was like, I see them talking and I see these kids sliding down, but I cannot hear them. Like they're screaming, but I cannot hear them. So then I keep walking. I'm like walking with this big smile. I'm like, whoa, this is like with my eyes, this is more beautiful than I ever thought. Right. And then when I got to like a peak of one of the dunes, I was just standing there looking over and there was like, there was like a mom and her daughter, like maybe like two or three arm lengths away from me. And I saw their mouths moving, but I could not hear what they were saying. Like I just, it was not audible and like maybe a light muffle, but not even that. Like, Mm. and I was like, whoa, there's so much beauty in the silence too, Mm -hmm. right? Like as much as it's funny, Josh was like shocked when I said like, you know, he's like, oh, you're a musician and it's crazy how much you enjoy the silence. Yeah. Even though yeah. you play music and love music. And I was like, that's true. But yeah, there's something to be said about beauty and just 
in nothingness, especially in like odd, like there's just so much noise. And like, I think it helps when you just tune everything out mm-hmm. and to hear nothing is one of the most beautiful experiences. Yeah. So that was the first one. The second one you said was, oh man, I'm like Hammering heart. Yeah. Hammering heart. And the way a song, so the exact contrast of nothing to music, right. And how, um, I was, I was watching a video today, uh, and this guy was basically like reviewing the top five Spotify songs or something in the entire world. And he was sharing, he's like, man, has like, has the beauty of music. And he said, and I was like, that's crazy that it's coming now. Like the beauty of music or what people consider beautiful in music has that, that level gone down because like a lot of times, especially in pop music, I feel like, I mean, TikTok has a tribute, TikTok <laughs> has attributed to this culture of like, oh, they find like a 15 second snippet of a song. Mm-hmm. And even if that's good, they try to, you listen to the whole song and it's like, this is not that great of a song. But I think people are like, oh no, I love that one part. So I have to force myself to like the whole song. So I, I don't know. Like I think our, our level or quality in which we like music, at least pop music in general has gone down. But at the same time, like hammering heart, that was literally just like, I was breaking down the sonic elements for Josh in the car. I was like, there's like this arpeggiated muffled piano. And Josh was like, what? Things I, I would have never known. <laughs> but like things that help us to appreciate yeah. the beauty of the song. And, and and I was like, whoa. Like, and yeah, just so, yeah, my, my ears are super like, I don't know. I I get bothered by the littlest of sounds. Mm. Like. Very attuned. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just generally. Like we were praying in the chapel. There's a perpetual adoration chapel. And I told him, I, after we left, I was like, Josh, I couldn't focus because there was just humming through the lights. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I cannot, like, and Josh was like, yeah, I kind of got used to it. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I, I don't have the ears. It's, it's, it's like in my ear. And I was like, Lord, I'm trying to pray, but this buzz is just like, it's just like, the whole time. And I was like, so in the same way, right, when we're listening to the song, I was like, oh, this muffled piano. And it's like super pulled back too. There's like some light strings and a light bass. And then just the imagery of the actual song, right? Like sonically, I was able to hear like all these little elements that help me experience something greater than just those elements. And that's what like I think like it doesn't even have to be like a, a Christian song per se. It no, can no, yeah. it can literally be like I know like there's a song, um, what is it called? It's a Jacob Collier song. So all you Jacob Collier fans, he's nuts, obviously, and has some crazy like soundscapes and elements that he puts in there. And I think it's uh, every little thing she does is magic or something like that. I think that's the name of the song. And it's just like this bizarre take on like, I don't know. It sounds like kind of Disney, but it just goes in a couple different directions. And I was like, whoa, like in that song, I was able to experience like this deep beauty more than what the lyrics of the songs were saying. It was just like the instrumentation alone was like, took me to a place where, I was like, what in the world? Mm. And like, even like, <laughs> there, I have a friend named Dan and uh, shout out to Dan. Uh, check out his music. His Ansbert. name's Ansbert. <laughs> um, released an EP. Great guy. Even more fantastic musician. I mean, I look up to this kid. Kid. He's like two years younger than me. But, <laughs> and we were doing Exodus 90 and one of the um, asceticisms is like, you're not supposed to listen to, or you're, yeah, non-uplifting music to god and i was like wow that 
that wording is very like specific. It's not like you can't listen to non-Christian music. It's yeah. music that is not lift, uplifting to God. You're, you can't listen to it. So he and I were having a conversation and I was like, how do we like, how do we define this? Is there a way like, oh, okay, so Christian music is okay. That's a safe. But like we both experience God through like non-Christian music or like, like Jacob Collier's the couple of his songs or like other artists. And like, it takes you to a place where it's like, yeah, I'm able to experience God in that song. Even though the song has nothing directly to say about God, it's like, whoa, like whether it's the elements, whether some of the lyrics, like today we talked about I Need to Breathe and uh, <laughs> what song was it that you played? There was a Need to Breathe song that we played? Yes. I didn't play it. I think it just started playing. Oh, well, um, it just happened to play on Spotify. But I forgot which song. Or we... Semestering? No, no, I didn't play it. It was oh. just playing. Yeah, like we got out of the car and just started playing. I was like, "Whoa, yeah. so I need to breathe." I can't remember. Oh, man. Or no, and then we and then we talked about a song called Banks. Banks. Oh, Banks is good. Yeah. So Apparently actually, it's like the world's biggest. I beg need to breathe. <laughs> <laughs> but so, you're like in the top five percent of all Spotify listeners. Top point five. <laughs> top top point five. five. My bad. Wow. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, oh that's, that's wild. That's, yeah. that's elite. <laughs> that's elite level right there. <laughs> Oh, Ben. But it's funny. Uh, Josh's sister, Divya, is the one that showed me the song. Shout out to Divya. Um, and I was like, initially when she showed me the song, I was like, oh, no, I don't. It's not, you know, I really like that. And then I listened to it later and I was like, whoa, this like, this has some special like meaning, like not only in the lyrics, but in the actual musicality as well. Mm. And it's just so simple too. It's literally just like a really like, like vibey slow and you just want to bop your head and it's like, Whoa. And Josh told me later, or while we were in the car today this morning, he wrote it actually about his wife, right? Mm -hmm. Like, what? So, Kyleen, since you're the expert here, do you know the lyrics of the song, Banks? Yes. Can you can you say the chorus lines? Uh, yeah, I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hold you close, but never hold you back. I'll be the Banks for you, River. Um, want to be there. Something about breaking mirrors. Mm hmm. Want to break um, all your mirrors? Want to be there in the darkness? Uh, no, you're good. You're good. <laughs> Top 0.5 percent. Don't forget. Watch it. <laughs> oh my gosh! But like that song in itself, like I, we we had a conversation following that. We we're like, oh, like are these like love songs? Like they're writing about their wives or their girlfriends or children or whatever. It's like it can be interpreted as like sometimes God's love song to us and our love song to God. And sure. I don't know if you guys knew this, but St. Padre Pio used to listen to classic romantic music. I didn't know that. Yeah, what? fun fact. So, That's intense. Yeah, fun. because he was like, there's beauty in how God is speaking to him through just classic romantic music. And that mm -hmm. was what he listened to. And I was like, whoa, that's cool. Um, yeah, all you fact checkers out there, you can fact check me, but I'm pretty sure it was <laughs> Padre Pio. That's cool. But I was like, so it like... Like hearing God in songs that don't aren't even like classified or labeled as Christian, like I think there's something to be said there, and For like sure. how God can be present in those places and those spaces where, like, if we're not attuned to it, we might miss it. You know? Yeah, beauty's beauty is found in Christianity, but it's not bound to it, right? Mm -hmm. Just like how like like God is, um, like we 
uh, what is it? Salvation is bound to the sacraments, but God isn't. Mm. Like God, you know, established the church for us to be saved through it. Mm. But he himself is now bound to the church. Like, and because he is beauty, like beauty is like, like that's what a transcendental is. It is like what existence is, mm. you know, what it, what it means to exist. Um, but yeah, that sound, Kai, do you have any, have any other thought on how to experience the beautiful? Yeah. Like by the senses. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was thinking, I don't know, not to bring it back to nursing, but that's my life. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think like physical touch is a big sense that we forget about. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's like a whole, like whole concept in nursing of therapeutic touch and how you can use, you can use any physical touch, like a hand on the shoulder, helping someone walk, <coughs> like whatever it is, um, as like a moment of like a therapeutic moment, a therapeutic touch. Um, but I think how often it is that like a patient provides me almost with a therapeutic touch. Cause there's like a, like I said, like I'm working with people in deep, deep suffering. Um, and I just think about like the thought that's coming to mind is, um, like this past weekend, I attended the funeral for a patient who I had like taken care of quite a few times. Mm. Um, and she ended up passing away and was a lovely person. And right before she, she like left and went home on hospice just to like have time with her family before her passing. And the last day I took care of her before she left, I was like finishing up a night shift. I went in and we both just kind of knew that that was like the last time we would see each other. Um, and she just like reached out and held my hand and we just held hands there for a second Mm. and both of us kind of cried. And it was just this powerful moment of us. We just like stood there like, like I t- thanked her for letting me take care of her. She thanked me for taking care of her. Um, and I like, you know, wished her well getting home. Happy Christmas, all that stuff. It was Christmas time. Um, but yeah, like this patient just reached out and held my hand. And that was hmm. like such an encounter with this person um, who like has no business comforting me in that moment, you know. And not that that's what she was doing, but that's kind of what it felt like. Um, yeah. It was a beautiful moment. It was a beautiful moment. It was a raw encounter with God. Mm. Yeah. So yeah. If we're talking about beauty and we're talking about senses, I think that was a for sure. Uh, that was one for sure. Um, yeah, Not, and just the touch of that, or like how often, like, like I was taking care of a patient the other day who's like super confused and doesn't know what's going on, and um, trying to like take care of him. I think we were trying to draw blood or something, and at one point in the middle of it, he just like grabbed my hand, and I was like. Oh, okay. And we just like held hands for a second. And then I kind of like redirected him, calmed him, went about the task I had to do. But like the, the reaching out of like a person to another person, Mm -hmm. um, is something I experience a lot in my job. And maybe it's in someone like who's confused or dying, but maybe it's also just in someone who is totally like walking and talking and hanging out and like otherwise a healthy person, um, like you or I, but like, the, the touch that you can provide there, the physical touch is really important. Hmm. Not that it has to do with um, senses per se, mm-hmm. but if anything, it would be categorized into sight. But I guess if you're reading it, but like words, the beauty of words, beauty of language, that's something that Kylene and I both care about a lot. Um, like in the books that we read and even like uh, like we have some... Mutual books that we care about a lot, like A Severe Mercy 
by Sheldon Van Aken, Till We Have Faces by C.S. Lewis, even Story of a Soul by St. Therese. All of them have really profound language um, that help express beautiful things. Um, mm-hmm. I, For myself, I always see it as like a, like a challenge to like, how can I articulate something perfectly? How can I articulate an experience perfectly? Or how can I, how can I articulate the beautiful, like the beautiful things that I experience? Mm-hmm. It, I need to express that in some way. Um, so I've got into like trying to do like a little bit of poetry. Wow. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Cause I think there's some things, some things are just so beautiful that it prose just doesn't do it justice. Um, I mean, I think you would say the same, like there's some things where like just describing it regularly can't, it, it just doesn't do it justice. Like you would have to translate it into music yeah, in yeah. order to really bring it out. For me, it's, for me, it's poetry. Wow. Um, yeah. So I, I think that that's another part where language just really, how did I say it? I said it once. Poetry is like trying to like carefully adorn words around an image or an experience. Um, music can be the same. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Trying to like get at the beautiful, like what does it feel like? What does it sound like? Um, yeah, sometimes like words, words can express like the way we're perceiving. Yeah, beauty. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, you just need to find the right words. Yeah. So I, I, most of my reading that I do outside of like grad studies and whatnot, even like the whole reason I went into theology is just because like, I'm trying to like I'm always trying to find the right words to articulate what I'm experiencing. Mm. Um, I spent a lot of time in seminary trying to do that too. Uh, yeah and it's led me on this wonderful journey of like really caring about caring about the language I use and not taking language for granted either I think mm-hmm. in in our culture right now like we've really reduced um, our capacity for good language you know we're saying stuff like slaps and gas <laughs> and sheesh <laughs> you are <laughs> yeah yeah and those things you know help articulate something too but like I don't know. I think it's good to like try to use really proper language and good language that accurately describes something, you know? Yeah. Words matter. Precision of language matters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's like what the, what's the book called? The Book Thief? The Book Thief. Yeah. yeah. <gasps> That's book ever. Yeah. Plug. Plug. Read the Book Thief. <laughs> dude, this is totally over 20 minutes. Yeah, dude. This is, uh, we're at the two hour mark. No way. Really? Two? Two hours. No way. No way. <laughs> dude. Congratulations. I'm pretty sure this is the Does that two- include our beginning stuff? Uh, it has to. Yeah, maybe five minutes of that. Oh, shoot. Cool. Well, okay. let's, uh, let's, let's wrap it up. Let's yeah. Wrap it up. <laughs> well, this, yeah, that's a good good segue to end. I mean, yeah, there's just a lot talked about. I don't even know how to summarize everything. Spirit I think. Was moving. Yeah, and I think just overall, if, if, if there's a takeaway that I'm definitely taking away from this, it's like just a greater openness to experiencing God's beauty. Mm through more than just what we see, right? Mm-hmm. And like through music, like more than what we see or more than what I see or hear, right? It's like like even in like you were sharing your experience of like the physical touch of the patient. I was like, whoa, like where have, we, where have I experienced the physical touch of someone or something and I've experienced the beauty of God, right? I think just a greater openness, mm-hmm. I think is what I'm going to try to be more aware of. So, yeah, I think for me, I mean, I'll, I'll just kind of, credit 
Kylene's testimony to mm. moving here. Like, look for beauty. Be hungry for it. Mm. Constantly search for it. I mean, that's that's essentially the reason you moved here. Mm-hmm. Um, and if what the church says is true, if you're looking for beauty, you'll find God. Mm. Amen. Yeah. Amen. I think that yeah. that's the best way to close. Mm-hmm. All right. So, Amen. Um, thank you everyone for listening to episode two. This is well over the 20 minute mark that I was trying to hit with every episode, but when the spirit's moving, you just got to be open. So Chuma talks, man. Chuma, Chuma talks. So we Chuma <laughs> talked for however long, um, we go for and how the spirit moves. So thank you all for tuning, tuning in. Hopefully you listen to next week's episode, whatever that is. Alrighty. Have a good morning. Good night. Good afternoon. Whenever you're listening to this and, uh, yeah, peace. God bless you. Love you. Bye.